Chapter 26. Confusion. What's the worst state to live in? The state of confusion. Rib Simcha Bunim of Pshischa said, A person must imagine that the Yitzhahara is constantly standing right in front of him with an axe ready to chop off his head. And if you don't feel that way, that means he already did. Hashem created you on a much higher level than an animal. But somehow, sometimes, you can end up living like one anyway. You may find that regarding certain specific sins, thoughts, or actions, you are not just dealing with a typical desire that is pulling you to sin. Rather, you have reached a point that you have become completely mishubed, bound, addicted to these sins. How did this happen? The Nesiva Shalom says, Hakal Mishum She'ein Zu Hiskabros Yitzhahara Ba'alma there has been a major shift within your mind. No longer are you overtaken by an external voice of temptation that is trying to convince you to go ahead and transgress the will of God. Rather, the sin infiltrated your very existence, and now you find yourself internally drawn to these sins. At this point, you are actually a slave. You lost the self-control to detach yourself from them. You are now mishubid, bound, addicted to them, and at their mercy, you work for them. Once you're trapped, you can't see clearly anymore. What is important seems silly, and what is silly seems important. Everything is blurry. Where is God? Where are the good things in your life? How come peace and tranquility elude you? How come you can't appreciate the good in your life? Sweet and sour. A person can become physically sick and things that are sweet will taste sour to him and sour or spoiled things will taste sweet to him. The Nesiva Shalom explains that in the very same way, one who no longer feels spiritual pleasure will seek out bitter pleasure and it will seem sweet to him. Everything is turned around. Sweet, wonderful spirituality, like Torah, Mitzvos, Shabbos, Yantuf, tastes disgusting. Whereas vulgar, vile, disgusting, temporary, physical pleasures suddenly seem quite nice and sweet. You find yourself smack in the middle of a hostile takeover as you try to run from the power that is trying to take over your mind. The Nesiva Shalom says, This is why when it comes to these specific sins, even if you make a clear decision that you truly want to improve, your inner resolve and willpower are simply not strong enough and you will continue to stumble over and over again. Your Bechira, power to choose, is now irrelevant because no matter what you choose, you can't follow through with it since your addiction controls how you act. It's your addiction that's at the wheel, the driving force of your life. Your GPS has been hijacked. 
And there are many forms of chains that bind a person. There are chains that bind a person's ability to think. And then there are chains that bind a person's ability to feel. There are many different ways that a person becomes bound and gagged and completely mishubed to the forces of evil that surround him. When you follow your Yetzirah, the evil inclination, to think or perform Averos, sins, that you already decided are wrong for your life, and that's not what you really want to do, and yet you still do it over and over, that shows you that you do not have the ability to control your own self. You may be living in a free country, however, you are not free. Your mind is chained down, bound, and controlled by outside influences that have infiltrated your mindset and have become who you are. Inside your conscience, you're suffering because you know that you've lost the ability to control your own self, and that hurts. Deep inside, you are full of incredible emotional pain. You have lost control over your own identity, and now you lack an identity. Who are you really? What do you truly stand for? Who is really in charge of making decisions for you? You know this is not the way you really want to live your life. You want to be better. Why can't you just grab hold of yourself and regain control over your own mind? You are down and out. And this is exactly where the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, wants you. It's bad enough that you're not going to Elam Haba, but you're not even enjoying Elam Hazah. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Misguided. Shimmy was late, again, for a meeting. He had to be in Manhattan in 45 minutes. Okay, no problem. He jumped into his car and entered the address into his trusty GPS. Oh, no, no, not the book. The real one. You know, the other one. The one that people, whatever. You know what I mean. Shimmy didn't know that his arch enemy, Simon was out to get him. Simon, a technological evil genius, managed to break into Shimmy's GPS frequency, and now he was able to direct Shimmy in any way that he wanted. Shimmy got on his Bluetooth and partook in an important conference call while blindly following whatever his GPS told him. Turn left, turn right, turn right, turn left. Simon was having so much fun making Shimmy go around and around. After two hours... Shimmy missed his appointment and found himself under the tracks in a dangerous neighborhood and out of gas. In the beginning, you utilized your free will to follow the external temptation. However, after continuing to choose this thought or action over and over, this external temptation slowly transformed itself into becoming an internal and integral part of your very being. It somehow became a part of who you are, and it became your natural way of thinking or acting. Eventually, you lost some, or most, well, and sometimes even all, of your God-given ability to choose right from wrong. You lost your free will. Looking back, you'll remember the days when you began your journey. In hindsight, those original urges were so small if only you would have utilized your self-control to withstand those tiny, relatively small urges, you would have spared yourself from much bigger urges, from more challenges, from more pain. How foolish you were to give in and open that door. And now, 
The urge is entirely different from the first few times that you casually utilize your freedom of choice without thinking about the long-term consequences. Now, your mind needs those thoughts. Your body needs these actions. And now, in spite of your decision to change your ways, you may find that you've lost the power to carry out your new will. You have become powerless. At this point, you are the bad influence in your own life. This urge is now your own urge. It is now a part of who you are, and it becomes extremely difficult to wrestle back control from it. Just as one introduces a person by his descriptive title, a doctor, a lawyer, a rabbi, a bentora, a businessman, an insurance salesman, etc., you have now become a smoker, an alcoholic, a drug addict, a compulsive gambler, a baltaiva, glutton, a balgaiva, a haughty person. And this addiction is wedged deeply in your mind, affecting every decision you ever make, whether you realize it or not. Once you are controlled by something other than your own intellectual sound mind, this outside influence, which is now inside your mind, will bring you new interests, opinions, and desires that you have no way to stop. You think and feel that this is the real you, and you forget that this is only you in captivity. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Real bad influence. Mati had a very pure Yiddish mind, and unclean thoughts were foreign to him. However, he spent a lot of time with Josh, who always told him unclean jokes, and looked at life through a filthy lens. After a while, Mati didn't need to hear these jokes from Josh, for his own mind produced them for himself. Once this crooked mindset becomes the starting point of your own internal thought process, you will base all of your decisions on top of this warped and crooked foundation. At this point, you will use all of your God-given intelligence, wisdom, and logic to defend crooked ideals and false concepts. Your internal calculator is broken, and you are living a completely false life. A cocktail of confusion. The Zayar HaKadosh says something fascinating. Oisius HaRishonis shall balak ubilam heim bilbo v'achroinis heim amalek kizeh gam klipas amalek lahachnes es ha'odam bebilbul hadas shal yidezeh the first two letters of the names Balak and Bilam create the word Bilbul, which means confusion, and the last two letters of their names create the word Amalek, which represents everything that is against what Yiddishkeit is all about. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that the biggest threat to a Jew's spiritual well-being is confusion. For once in a state of confusion, you are completely in the Yetzirah's clutches. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Sip by sip. At 30 years old, Ruby did not expect to pick up any addictions. He always enjoyed a lechaim here and there, and he never drank too much, and usually never even drank during the week. As he went through some difficult times, he began to take a shot after Shachris just to get the day going. He found that after work, he was very tense, and so he started to take a shot, or three, when he got home. 
He felt that it was simply the best way to deal with the children since he needed to be more patient with them. After a few months, he found himself finding more good reasons, you know, to take a shot here and there throughout the day, like if a good thing happened or if a stressful situation happened or if nothing happened at all. Slowly but surely, the dependency crept up on him and he became a full-fledged alcoholic. Looking back, he realized that each one of his friendly shots that he happily welcomed into his life were actually all in on this scheme the whole time. Each little individual weak shot that of course he could have chosen not to take, they gathered together, they were all part of this coup d'etat, and now they all ganged up on him and took over his own mind and destroyed his self-control. He is now completely at their mercy. What was once a simple, easy decision, like not to do certain acts, not to think certain thoughts, not to look at certain things, not to drink certain things, not to smoke certain things, now requires an incredible commitment of TME, time, money, and effort, to get the assistance you need because you lost control over your own mind. Each time that you do not successfully maintain control over yourself, your future ability to control yourself fades away. At this point, regarding these specific thoughts or actions, you are no different from any addict who lost control of his life. Once you lost the ability to control yourself and make the decisions that you want to make, you became a split personality. It used to be that once you made a decision about what is best for you, you were able to follow through with it. Meaning, if you came to the conclusion that something was bad for you, you were able to stop doing it. If you came to the conclusion that something was good for you, then you were able to make a commitment to start doing it. Life, life was so simple in those days. But now, things have changed quite a bit. You may decide what is right for you from an intellectual or moral standpoint, but there is another part of you that is the really part of you that is in control of you. And that's the part that is controlling what you actually end up doing. This evil part of you does not even allow you to follow through with your commitments and resolutions. We're not talking about things that other people want you to do. We're talking about things that you yourself want to do. You become a living, breathing hypocrite since you now have thoughts or actions that are not in sync with what you truly want for yourself. You will find yourself confused, thinking, Hey, didn't I already decide to do this good thing? Why am I not doing it? Hey, didn't I already decide that I should have these good thoughts? Why am I not following through? Hey, didn't I already come to the conclusion that I don't want to do these bad things? I don't want to hang out with those people. I don't want to do, you know, all the different things. Hey, didn't I already decide not to have these kinds of bad thoughts? What happened after my decision? Who's really in control here? Let's bring an example to prove the point. Itchy Yitzy. Mosquitoes bit poor Yitzi all over his face and it was itching him like crazy. He knew that the best thing for him would be to hold back on the urge to scratch. And he tried so hard not to. But but then he, he just couldn't hold himself back anymore and he lost control. He scratched and scratched and boy, did it feel good. He thought that he really fixed his problem. 
But only one short minute later, that same crazy itch returned with a vengeance. Yitzi clearly understood that giving in to the urge to scratch only helps for a really short amount of time and that makes his situation even worse than it was before. And yet, all day, he kept finding himself scratching away. His good friend told him, Yitzi, if you just don't give in to the urge to scratch, in a few days this will all be history. But Yitzi couldn't control himself. He kept scratching. It kept itching. He scratched more. It itched more. Scratch, itch, scratch, itch, scratch, itch. Two days later, his face was a mess. His scratching caused the bites to bleed. Then his skin became infected, and he had to buy all kinds of anti-infection creams. After about a week, scabs began to form. That was the good news. But then here's the bad news. Because if you think that the original irritation was itchy... Boy, oh boy, were these itchy scabs itchy. Yitzi, now known as Itchy, just couldn't control himself, and he kept scratching off the scabs, preventing the healing process from completing, and thus he entered what we call a vicious cycle. Scratching, bleeding, creams, scabs, scratching, bleeding, infection, no more scabs, more bleeding, more creams, infections, pus, creams, scratching, bandages, Finally, scabs, scratching, bleeding, and back to the beginning. Because of Itchy's lack of self-control, the relatively minor problem that should have been gone after just a few short days turned into a huge life-altering situation that ended up scarring Itchy for the rest of his life. You were meant to be a king over your own personal empire. However, the outside influence that you yourself happily invited into your own castle orchestrated a hostile takeover and demoted you to not having any influence in determining your final destination. This out-of-control behavior or addiction rips you up inside and causes inner turmoil and deep emotional pain and it destroys the quality of your life. Now you find yourself being bossed around by external corrupt and immoral ideas that are now sitting in your executive chair in the penthouse suite of your mind. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Overnight nightmare. Yankel founded a company. After a few short years of incredible success, Yankel took his company public. When the company hit some challenges, there was a sudden hostile overnight takeover. And overnight, the shareholders voted Yankel out of his position of power. The next day, Yankel came to work as usual. He had no idea about what happened. As he pulled into the executive parking lot, he couldn't find his parking space with his name on it. That's strange. And then when he entered the building, the elevator operator told him, Sorry, you may not ride the presidential elevator to the executive offices. Rather, you must take the freight elevator down to your new cubicle in the shipping department. As bad as this situation was for Yankel, it was even more painful because the guy who orchestrated the hostile takeover and took over as the new president and CEO replacing Yankel was a homeless kid who Yankel personally liked and had invited to join his company. Being shoved aside by the thoughts that you yourself happily invited into your life is extremely painful. And now you are forced to think thoughts 
that you no longer want, you no longer enjoy, and yet you cannot even find any way to stop yourself. You are your own worst enemy. Ultimately, the worst condition for a human being is to lose the control over his own mind. For if you are not controlling yourself, then in what way are you better than any animal? And this is the problem with sinning over and over. The Gemara says, The Amar Huna, when a person sins and then repeats the sin over and over, it's permissible for him. The Gemara asks, Really? Does it really become permissible and okay for him to do that sin? The Gemara explains, No. It becomes to him as if it's permissible. Meaning, after you sin over and over, then when faced with doing that sin again in the future, you become numb to the severity of the sin, and it will no longer strike you as such a horribly terrible thing to do. However, fasten your seatbelt for a deep lesson. The Nesiv says, Adam The Hebrew word for something that is tied and bound is the word asur, to be bound, whereas something that is loose and unbound is called mutter. Someone who follows the restrictions, the rules, the guidelines of Torah life is called Usr, bound, since he is gebinden. He has control over himself. His mind is contained. Whereas someone who constantly gives into temptation is called Mutter, unbound, since he has lost proper control over his own self. With this understanding of what the word Usr and Mutter means, Bound and unbound, we can now go back and understand what the Gemara meant. Kivin she'over adam aver v'shanaba pam achar pam oz machriv who has kol hakshorim sheyesh leimen atayra umemela nase loy ratzoloy mer haadam gufa keheter. When you keep on sinning over and over again, you damage your inner self by weakening your spiritual seatbelt and loosening the straps that secure you to a happy, pure. Torah lifestyle. All of these sins, Nasalai, caused the person himself to become keheter, like an unbound animal who is not capable of utilizing any self-control. Nasalai keheter is not referring to the sin that is now perceived by the person to be mutter, but Nasalai, the person himself becomes keheter, like an unchained, unbridled, unbound animal who has no self-control even though no one else can see it, there is actually a full-blown war going on in your mind right now. There are scuffles, skirmishes, kidnappings, undercover agents, double agents, terrorist attacks, suicide bombers, and perfectly orchestrated attacks. Your self-esteem and self-worth deteriorate as you struggle with the fact that you do not have the ability to perfectly control your own being. You are a slave to a faceless master that you cheerfully once invited into your mind. Your new master has no morals, no values, no pity, and no boundaries. He is relentless, persistent, unyielding, and ruthless. He is the new you. Your life becomes one of great confusion, frustration, and guilt. 
You try to find ways to blame outside circumstances or other people for your own inability to follow through on your own hachlotos, resolutions. So you feel like a loser. And this friction can tear you up as you watch yourself slipping into your own personal exile. The Nesiva Shalom says, That's really what's going on here in exile. That's what it means to be in this internally terrible galus. You have entered your own personal inner exile. As your holy Yiddish Neshama loses control, you are becoming a captive at the mercy of these forces that are fighting you tooth and nail to control your life. At this point, you can only dream of a time that you will actually be able to determine for yourself the way you want to act and regain the life that you really want to live. You dream and dream and dream. You may have dreams, but they are far from reality. And right now you can't pull yourself up. You are powerless. And boy, does that hurt. Looks like you need an extreme spiritual makeover. So stay tuned for the next section. Let's review all the authentic Yiddishkeits of section four. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that life is very much like a roller coaster with all kinds of sharp turns, crazy ups and downs, and unexpected drops. Torah life is the seatbelt. Sure, it's restrictive, but deep down you know that it's the only safe way to get through life and even get to enjoy the ride. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that self-control is the epitome of achieving the highest level of living the human experience and will give you the most satisfaction you can have in your lifetime. Want to really enjoy life? Utilize your self-control. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that only the person who has control over himself is truly free. He is the one who is free to pick any path that he believes is right, and he can control himself to stay on that track, to accomplish whatever goals he sets for himself. Making decisions about your life and actually following through with them is the ultimate human experience. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that the real goal of the evil snake is to deflate you and water down your relationship with Hashem so that even when you manage to do something good, you're doing it with a very superficial mindset, thus losing your opportunity to connect with God as you would have and should have. This glides you further down the slippery slope toward disconnection. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that the biggest threat to a Jew's spiritual well-being is confusion. For once in a state of confusion, you are completely in the Yetzirah's clutch. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that tapping into your inner pain and allowing yourself to express your sincere yearning to improve your life and become closer to Hashem is the vehicle that will carry you from exile to redemption. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that real happiness can only come when your angelic soul is content and satisfied. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that your ability to feel internally happy and truly enjoy your life 
depends on the degree that you are connected to Hashem. Hashem is the source of all life. Therefore, when you connect to Hashem, you connect to the source of all life, and therefore you feel full of life. And you'll go 